<laughs> Not all of us can afford new tech. That's not new. Mine was actually a refurbished MacBook Pro. Uh, Jim, did you get my message about tomorrow? Mm, no. My email? Oh, I haven't checked my email. Uh, you have to call me. You have to call me Paul tomorrow. Oh, okay. A lot of them know my brother has a brother named Frank. Okay. Okay. All right, we're good to go. We are. Jim has a topic. Carl's going to make one up. Frank's topic is Masterclass. Oh, all right. All right, welcome to the Bits Per Second Bit Players Podcast. I'm Jared. I'm Jim. I'm Carl. I'm Frank. I'm Elizabeth. Our special guest today is Frank. <laughs> um, as everyone knows, we we're trying to uh, kind of branch out, do different things to keep people interested in what we're doing, keep staying in front of you guys um, during the quar. And uh, we wanted to bring on Frank because Frank's doing something really cool that uh, no one else, none of us can do. <laughs> um, so what's that? What, what are you putting together, Frank, that's going to be like this whole new frontier? Um, well, I, first of all, uh, at least one other person can do it because Jim's going to be doing it with me. Um, but well, we're, Jim we're will doing... obviously be your, your booksome assistant in this well, Sort of, uh, apprentice, if you will. Oh, oh wow. Barker's yeah. beauty. My subordinate. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we're doing, uh, you know, I've been doing improv for close to 17, 18 years now. Uh, I've got to travel around the world and, uh, take classes from a lot of interesting people, um, done a lot of training programs, everything like that. Um, so, you know, now being the artistic director of the bit players, we decided to do a master class uh, for anybody out there who's interested in the fundamentals of an improv and maybe even a little more than that. Uh, so we're gonna do like uh, similar to this, just conversations about specific improv topics and uh, you know, difference between long form, short form, um, doing, you know, yes and, what that is, how to get an ask for, all that good stuff. Uh, we're going to bring in guests from other improv troops uh, around the state, maybe even beyond. Um, we're also going to bring in, obviously, fellow bit players. So uh, we're excited about it. We're just uh, trying to kind of get the uh, get the details in place, and then we'll be uh, we'll be rolling it out. Yeah. Cool. Um, now, does this cost any money or anything? Do people have to sign up? or? No, uh, it's going to be free. Uh, we're going to do it based, you know, we're going to obviously have some type of like, you know, donate to our company type thing. Um, you know, we'll see, you know, how we're still working on setting that up. That's part of the minutia that's getting put together. Um, but yeah, no, it's going to be totally free. Uh, it's going to be a way to, for, you know, we get a lot of people after shows or, you know, we meet out in the world or, Oh, I saw your show. And they always want to know like, how do we do what we do? Or, you know, is there a lot that goes into it? Some people think we just get up on stage and uh, you know, mess around for a couple hours and we're going to show them that there's a almost a science behind it and you know how what makes good improv versus you know the the bad stuff that we see at uh certain other places now i mean you're our our artistic director you have been for 11 years is it 11 years on and off sure yeah <laughs> i think we're, i think everyone in this room has been on and off except carl mm -hmm. um yeah but uh so is this a thing you've done before? Do you offer like these big kind of classes? Is this something that you only have done or plan to do as a video thing? 
No, we, uh, we've done workshops and everything like that in the past where, you know, we'll do uh, improv one-on-one, we'll do advanced uh, improv, all that kind of stuff. Uh, years past, we, you know, did a lot of that. Uh, we had a couple, like, training-type classes and workshops for a while. Um, when we would hold auditions, if, you know, someone wasn't at the level we thought they should be at to be a part of the company, um, but we thought that there was some potential there, we would invite them into some type of workshop or clinic or something like that. So we've been doing little things like that over the last 11, 12 years or so. Um, but with that said, I mean, you know, it's always been on that, you know, one-on-one or whatever, however many, but person-to-person basis. Uh, now we're, you know, we're hoping to just be able to open this up to, you know, everybody, anybody that's been interested to just get an idea. I mean, obviously it's going to be hard. You're not, we're not going to be training people because we can't, you know, sit there and critique and give notes and all that on what they each individual person's doing, but just a general overall kind of understanding of the theory and the art. And, you know, hopefully it'll help those that are thinking about doing improv, those that have been doing it for a long time, those that have just seen improv and, uh, I've always wondered, you know, what goes into putting those shows up. Um, cool. Even people that have no interest in improv, uh, hopefully <laughs> it'll, it'll, you know, awaken something in them. They go, oh, wow, I didn't realize this was, you know, this complex or uh, whatever. But, at, you know, at, 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 you know, the bigger goal is to get people just talking about the art form and discussing, you know, what, what it is that goes into it and hopefully bringing some people together who we don't get to have conversations with about it all too often. We see them at festivals or in passing it, you know, various shows but we yeah. don't get to sit down and talk shop so um so these other groups are they groups from around the country or are they just groups from like rhode island or are they going to be yeah we're, we're going to reach out to a few people um outside the country mostly people that you know me and or jim have had you know some type of performance background with uh, people that we, you know we know that are still doing it or did it at a high level at some point um so yeah we're definitely gonna involve as many people as we can we already have a good uh number of topics to cover and we're kind of putting together who who fits those topics best for discussion um so yeah it'll be it'll be uh some out-of-staters some some locals obviously like i said other bit players um we're just going to kind of you know see how many people we think qualify for that specific topic whatever we're talking about that day and we'll put them together and do a panel and you know sometimes it'll be maybe just the two of us sometimes it'll be maybe five people i don't know what do you think is going to be the most challenging thing i mean trying to teach improv via video chat is not exactly you know a walk in the park there yeah that that's probably the gonna be the hardest thing about it is, yeah. is like the training aspect like not being able to show examples right um even if we do in some type of zoom capacity uh it doesn't translate to, to what you you know see on stage or in a workshop or something like that so um yeah that's gonna be the hardest thing it's gonna be a lot of kind of talking heads versus uh you know being able to show it example exemplify and, and and demonstrate so you know that's going to be that's going to be a bit of a struggle but hopefully you know we'll have enough people who have a wealth of knowledge in this and uh we'll be able to you know articulate it in a way where people can get at least 90 percent of what we're talking about yeah. so jim mm-hmm. you're frank's beautiful assistant um <laughs> he's my equal in all ways can you name all of the improv troops you've ever worked with? Yes. <laughs> uh, first one was Rejects on the Rise. That was the one we started at PC. Uh, then uh, after I joined uh, Unexpected Company where I met Frank and was simultaneously in uh, Inside Jokes, which was run by Melissa Bowler out of her garage, uh, which is more like a variety group, but we did improv as improv sketch and stand-up. Um, 
uh, Frank and I form Pete and the other guy, uh, like, which we still do occasionally. Our two our two main group, which is kind of how we like, kind of how we bonded. I think like that was when like that that like when we started doing Pete and the other guy. I think was when like Frank and I kind of became improv soulmates. I think if I'm like not I agree. wrong. Uh, do you have promise rings? Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> like you know, you, you, they're in our that love story. Anyway. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the I've we we both uh, performed uh, a, a one-time show called Indiana Prov. <laughs> uh, but that counts. <laughs> what was that? that? That counts. That was uh, <laughs> that was one of our. One of our uh, colleagues at Unexpected Company decided he wanted to do a show at Providence Improv Fest that was based on Indiana Jones because it was, I think it was the year Crystal Skull came out. Um, uh, the best Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it was about, it was like what Crystal Skull was to the Indiana Jones series, Indiana Prov was to improv. So, <laughs> um, so that was that. Um, and I think, like, uh, Oh, uh, uh, Wilbur, Wilbur, Neilbur, which uh, was in with uh, Neil Leahy and Ryan Hartigan, two former bit players, as well as some CTC people. Um, and what else? Uh, well, you've skipped the bit players. Yeah, oh, you yeah, skipped I know. The I, was, I was coming to, I, I was sort of like, yeah. I was, I was coming to the bit players as a culmination because that's the one that, that's the permanent one now. Uh, uh, the, what else? Uh, Foley and Fox, which was my, my, the, the two man I did with Keith Munslow for a bit. Um, and uh, I, that, like, as far as groups go, it's the bit players, I think, and that's, that, that's it, isn't it? Like, that's, that's, that's not forgetting. Um, I'm, I'm think, the only thing I'm thinking of, Jim, is when we did the 24-hour improv oh. extravaganza. I don't know if you were part of it. I don't that. know. I was there. I don't think I did any of the special, like, shows of that, because I, defi- I definitely wasn't in Pepito. Or <laughs> We did a uh, – our, our old group was ambitious and, and decided to do 24 hours of straight improv. Mm. Um, so we had a show on the hour every hour and what? it was, it was pretty intense. And there how was many some, players did you have? Uh, probably like, I don't know what, eight of us maybe at that point. Wow. Maybe more. It was ambitious. Uh, it was an ambitious, we were all a bunch of young kids who could stay up for 24 hours. And yeah, yeah that was, yeah, that, that is definitely for people in their twenties. Yeah. Um, but like, I mean, we, and we actually had some audience who stayed overnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was, audience at every, there was audience at every single show, even even at four o'clock in the morning. There was audience there. Yeah, we never. Yeah, we never. It was never. It was never all players in the crowd. I did a twenty-four hour walkathon, and I lasted about an hour. It's like yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine doing that. But like, yeah, that was the you know that was definitely the like we were in our twenties. Like, we're gonna go to Del Close Marathon at UCB and like stay up and watch the two o'clock, two a.m. like berserk shows, like whatever the like. The, the like absolute garbage they had in the middle of the night that was put on by the most famous <laughs> improvisers in the country who are just like complete completely clowning around probably like mostly high uh, that, that was when we would go to Del Close and didn't care if we had a room because we're like oh we'll just stay at the theater the whole entire night yeah <laughs> 
So they kick you out, and then you're like, oh, crap, I have nowhere to go. I have nowhere to go. <laughs> so do you, Jim, have any big plans for this this uh, this master class? Uh, I, well, like, I'm particularly, like, I mean, uh, I, I, I'm pretty excited about the two-man episode because that's, like, that, that I, I feel like for Frank and I took a lot of inspiration from, like, some uh, uh, really kind of legendary two-person groups for, for Pete and the other guy. Uh, and like, I think we really, we, we really put a lot of work into that. And like, I, I feel, I feel like that's my, that, that, that's our, like, like that, that to me is the one that I feel most passionate about. So I'm like excited to talk about that. Very fun. Do you guys have any other questions? Carl and Elizabeth? We're good. I'm just wicked impressed by the 24 hour. That's just staying in my head. That's I, mean, <laughs> I think like it's it sounds like such a good idea. Like it's so difficult to like maintain. Well, I like, thought of, I I thought about. I was like that actually sounds really cool. But then you said four in the morning, and I went, oh yeah, there's like that part of 24 hours that yeah. I always forget about that I sleep well, through. So actually, that like, wasn't even the worst. The worst was like 8 a.m., 9 a.m., 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. when you're coming out of that. Mm-hmm. And that, and now the sun's up, and you're like, "What am I like? What am I doing?" And you still have to make because we started with our show, which was at seven seventeen, and yeah. we ended with our show at seven seventeen. So now we're looking at going. All right, now we got to make it for the next, you know, twelve 20, hours, like twenty six hours. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Do you so, do you pretty. think that that we could not a twenty four hour? But do you think we could pull off like a twelve hour? We could pull off that. I feel like we could. I feel like I think if we we're could. probably better equipped to do it than that group was back then because yeah. we have we have more people and a lot of people who have different ideas for oh let's try this let's try that. You know, it wasn't just us up doing improv for yeah. twenty four. You know, what I mean, there were different. Like there were we got breaks. You know, where we be, you know where we had to you know like off stage. The, the different groups came. Inside jokes came in and did an hour mm-hmm. and uh, like different people tried like different ideas that they had. Uh, t- Tim Thibodeau, Tom Gletto, and Greg DeSantis did Pepito, which was, I don't know, the, you, Frank, you still have video of this. I feel like, like if we... I, I wish I had, yeah, the, I wish I, I wish I had known we would have gone here. I would have, I would have pulled it up and screen shared with you guys. It is, it's exactly what 4 a.m. improv should be. Yes. Yeah. Well, like, that's a, and that's the thing about, like, when, De- like, Del Close Marathon, like, which is the Upper Citizens Brigade, like, yearly festival when they do what like 72 hours of straight improv like with maybe an hour for theater cleaning here and there but like uh their middle of the night shows are like like i said are just the most famous people ever just doing the worst improv like uh i like i like the the, when, when when we first saw uh cracked out (laughs) <laughs> which is John Daly and Brett Gelman uh, oh, wow. as rappers. <laughs> like, oh, I personally think that was some of the best improv I've ever seen. But yeah, <laughs> yeah but some of the worst rapping. <laughs> What's Thanksgiving what day, like? What day of the week was the 24 hour? I, I feel like it's a random question, but... Carl's only interested in things <laughs> you did 15 years ago. Was, well, the 24, was the 24 hour Sunday. thing was just like... Saturday into Sunday. Saturday into Sunday, because our shows were Sunday night at 7.17. So it, yeah. it, it, it cult, cult, cultivated, yeah. cultivated, yeah, whatever. It ended with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like with all the lack of shows right now, 
and all the audience asking like when, 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 I feel like they'd be down for a really long period. <laughs> maybe 24, maybe 12. Maybe. Like it's that's... kind of like a marathon. You got to train. I feel like yeah. legally that's not going to happen for a while. Like, uh, the, like I don't, the, when we come back, I don't think it's going to be the time for, hey, let's all sit in this theater for hours and hours <laughs> and hours. On end. Like, I, I feel like that's going to have to be like the vaccine celebration. Like, <laughs> The celebration of vaccine 24-hour improv like, festival. Bring your own you vaccine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The vaccine's right at the front door. <laughs> or we could just quarantine with the bit players, like come in and sit for two weeks. Yeah, that's it. We'll do, we'll do, we'll do a 14-day marathon. Yeah. A fortnight. God, that sounds... A fortnight of improv, not, not, for, not associated with the game Fortnite. I have a feeling yeah. I would be thrown out of a window if you guys are with me for more than 24 hours. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's probably true. <laughs> Although we only have windows on the second floor, so we'd have to get you upstairs. Yeah. So you can come up, you'll start warming up, and then out the window you go. Mm-hmm. You guys are just going to be like, you're done, and then just throw me right out. Well, it's better, because I don't want to tell you you're fired. You know, you, it's like, you've got like that sad face. And, like, yeah. your heart I'd, rather, I'd rather be murdered. murdered than you will be, you you will be, the, you will be the DJ Jazzy Jeff to my Uncle Phil. Uh, we'll have to but we'll have to cut to an exterior shot of the theater yeah first you guys think i'm like dj jazzy jeff thank you (laughs) only carl i don't know know why you're taking that as a compliment only carl would ever take that as a compliment oh (laughs) (laughs) all right so when do you guys plan on uh uploading some of your you start with your master classes next week uh hopefully we'll we'll have the first uh few episodes out next week Cool. And that will be on our social media pages. It'll be everywhere. We're going to break the internet with it. Woo. Somehow, some way. Show all our butts. Well, then you can't put it on Instagram. That's true. No, it has to, in order for butts to be on Instagram, there has to be a thong. You can't have bare butts. Really? Yeah. It seems like you you looked far into that rule. (laughs) Well, it looks like I know what I'm spending my check on when I get it. (laughs) A a thong? Yeah, Yeah, for all of us so we can do it on Instagram. Uh, Thongs for everybody. Carl's buying a round. I got you. So you're going to give out a thong, the thong, thong, thong? Yep. Thong, a thong, thong, thong. Oh, I, oh, sorry. It's a little slow. I see what you saying. To be fair, Carl <laughs> was like barely born when that song came out. Even though he was, you were like you were in grade school, at least. he was born because that song came out. <laughs> Do you know what song you were conceived to, Carl? I don't, and I don't think I want to. Uh, there is a, there, there is a thing you can enter. It. You can enter your birthday, and it'll tell you like what the number one song was when you were conceived. What my parents told me. Well, my dad told me. It was does it have in white satin by the Moody Blues. Oh wow! Oh wow! Yeah, it's a long song. <laughs> during the <laughs> during the poem part, like <laughs> that must have been foreplay, main event and cleanup. I don't know. It was like one of three times my parents had sex. So yeah, my mom had three immaculate conceptions, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, <laughs> the, the the number one song the the week the, supposedly the week I was conceived was the best that you can do by Christopher Cross, but I'm pretty sure that that was not my parents' go to. Well, that kind of leads me into my topic for the day. <laughs> um, Frank, if you want to stay on for all of this, 
wonderful bullshit if you had stuff to do. I'll hang in to see what your topic is. My topic is when you realize like your parents were normal people. Like at what point did you start to realize the way like your life started to parallel theirs? You started to see their milestones and your milestones like matching up. Mine was, I found a picture of my mom from college being carried around by a bunch of dudes with a beer in her hand. And I was like, ah, shit. My mom was fun. Well, yeah, well, my mom used to tell, when I was a teenager, my mom used to tell me about, like, her and, like, my cousin's misadventures trying to buy beer when they were underage. And it was really funny. (laughs) And meanwhile, underage was, like, 16. Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, it's just like the, the moment when your parents become human. Like, I know I, I never thought of my parents as superheroes. I've seen my dad try to run, but like, there's <laughs> that's never where you been... get it from. <laughs> it, it is. Uh, you ever seen a blind man try to run? Um, but it's it's very like it's all there's like a, there's always a moment where it just like they cease to become like your parents, and just like, oh, you were twenty five. Like I found a pic, we found a picture of my parents. Um, it was like a family portrait we did in like 1987, or yeah, that sounds about right. Um, maybe 88, but either way. So my dad is like my age in that picture, uh-huh. and I'm like, oh man, like that's like you have like three kids and like no friends at this point in your life. It's like, and this is very interesting. Like when you start seeing like where their lives drop on the timeline. When did your parents break your heart, Carl? Every day. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to... Th- My dad used to tell me, like, crazy stories with one of his friends when he was growing up, and it made me realize that out of my group of friends, I was the idiot that was like, hey, this is fun. Let's jump off of this dumpster into the car window because that's huh. fun. And my dad was hanging out with this guy, uh, Jimmy, and he, anytime my dad did something crazy or anytime this guy did something crazy, he'd always tell my dad, oh, it's a great idea. Let's, let's steal some gasoline and light something on fire. Oh, yeah. And it's like, yeah. And I was like, oh my God. And it made me realize it was more like my dad's uh, immature friend who thought every bad idea was a great idea. But yeah, I mean, uh, doesn't answer your question at all, but yeah. Well, it kind of does this. I want to know what Jimmy's doing right now. <laughs> like, where's Jimmy in his life? I have, I, I have no idea. Not around. Uh, uh, my, uh, he doesn't talk about him. So I wonder what happened. I should ask. That's a good question. I should ask him. I'll, re- I'll get back to you guys. <laughs> Is it different in the South, Elizabeth? Are your parents still your heroes? I mean, I feel like it. I don't really know that there is a time. I think as I get older, maybe I realize more stuff. Like they used to have Knights of Columbus parties. And like when I find a random picture now, I'm like, that looked like a jam. Like everybody looks like they were plastered out of their minds. Like nobody had their kids. Like they were just having a really rip-roaring good time. And the only thing I think about really my parents and like parallels is when I, around the time of my birthday, I always think of like what my parents were like when they were my age and how different our lives are. Hmm. I had the same feeling. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not an adult yet. Still waiting. 
But yeah, would you ever really become one? Because everyone's just kind of like slap digging it together anyway. I don't know. You know. What are you yeah. saying, Jim? I was. Uh, I would just say, like, I'm. I'm older now than you know. Both my parents were when they had me, and that's that's the threshold. That, that's the threshold I haven't been able to get over yet. Because like, well, I don't have any kids, and I'm not not planning on having any. Uh, so I don't know. Like, I can't. E- and I can't even begin to imagine like at 31 having a kid. Hey, my parents were 31 when they had me. Yeah, like, yeah, my my mom was 31 <laughs> when she had me. So like, I. I'm like oh, oh well, hmm. <laughs> like I, I, my my life was so not together when I was that age. Like my dad was 36, and my life was slightly more together at 36. But even then, and I don't know if it's a generational thing, because uh, I'm a millennial, and they're boomers, and I feel like they're, and I don't know, like I feel like they're financially, they were financially in a better place at that point. <laughs> Well, the world also is sped up too. Like people were married in their huh. early twenties. Like my parents got married at twenty-three. Yeah. Mine waited a little bit longer. Um, uh, but like, married. yeah, I don't know. Like, it, uh, yeah, like I definitely always had the had the uh, you know uh, had the idea that my parents were just human beings. Uh, but there's still like there's still like a certain threshold I never reached with them, like. Um, now we're going into gym therapy. Uh, <laughs> Sit on the couch, Jim. All right. Well, what threshold yeah. do you want to get at with your parents? Huh? I, I don't. I'm fine. Like, uh, <laughs> like I'm fine with this one. It's just I like, like, uh, uh, all, like for what? Like, it's just they they got their shit together in a way that like was totally different from the way I got mine. And again, I don't know if that's a generational thing. It could be. Because like, nice by the time, because my, my, my mom had a, like, a set career as a nurse, like, long before I had settled into my career. And my dad was already career military <laughs> by the time yeah. he had. So, huh. uh, but also, like, kind of, for, for some reason, Kate, like, my, for some reason, my dad came out of the military a very liberal Democrat uh, and set me straight about that when I was very young. Because <laughs> uh, I went, when I went to, I went to middle school at West Point, like at the, at the, you know, public school at West Point. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, because my dad was stationed there at the, or not stationed there, but like he was, well, yeah, stationed there, I guess is the correct term. Uh, he was teaching English at the academy. But, uh, um, oh my God, I didn't realize that you followed in your father's footsteps. Oh yeah, in the, sen- in the sense of being an English teacher, yeah. Yeah. In every other sense, no. Because <laughs> I had no interest in ever going into the military, um, but uh, the like, so I went to school with the a lot of the, the a lot of kids whose you know parents were very like conservative right wing, and so I would come home from school like, and this is 1992. I like I come home from school like eh, this George Bush, and my parents were like, nope, nope, we're voting for Clinton. <laughs> like, oh, okay, Clinton, I guess. <laughs> My parents always just cancel each other out of the ballot box because I'd yeah. always go vote for them because like you could get to pull the lever and it was like super fun. <laughs> and my mom would go in and just like pull the straight Democrat ticket level mm. lever. Then I go to my dad and he just like cancel out her vote. No, I, yeah. my, my family's so always like, been like <laughs> the, the, uh, always been on the like most of my family has always been on the left side. 
and like they 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 have arguments about well like they're, they're the type who are, are who will you know argue about whether bernie is a good thing for the party <laughs> but yeah that, that's as contentious as it gets yeah so your parents are still your heroes right frank oh yeah big time actually it's funny as you guys are all talking about this i'm like that hasn't happened to me or i've always <laughs> looked at them as just like i've already always been at that level i can't decide which it is um but yeah no no my it's all the only thing i, I agree with everybody on is benchmarks in life i always look at like benchmarks and go man like i remember when i turned 30 i was thinking man if i was my dad i would have three kids right now 30 years old three kids uh i would have been married for almost 10 years and my youngest kid would be two no yeah two so That's and now insane. that was that was seven years ago so yeah. <laughs> it's it blows my mind to think of it in those terms um and i and i would have owned a home at that point which i definitely did not actually i do now but um, but yeah, I mean, it's just crazy to like look back and then like everybody was saying like story, like their parents told them stories or they've seen pictures of their parents when they were kids. Like my parents were, they had some, they had some fun. They sold some wild oats when they were younger, but they were like. Not too oh. young because <laughs> they were married by the time they were like 20. <laughs> I know, right? Well, yeah, but even, <laughs> even then they were selling wild oats even then because they waited a, while, a little bit to have kids anyway. Um, but it was definitely before they even met each other. So yeah, when they were, when they were young. Uh, but then I then I would think of back and I'm like, well, when I was a kid, like I remember the first time I saw a beer in my dad's hand, which I was maybe like a teenager at that point. That blew my mind because yeah. I was like, they they never drank ever, like did yeah. never did anything, um, you know, anything like that. So that that kind of blew my mind. Now, like you know, my dad still doesn't drink very much. My mom's like, yeah, pour me another one. So your mom can party. Go ahead. My, my, my mom never drank, but or never never drank regularly. My dad would be like a one martini a night guy. Like I'd always see him like with a with with a martini on the rocks and an olive in the glass, and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, "What's that?" And like uh -huh. oh, gin and uh, gin and vermouth and an olive. Oh. I've never seen my dad drunk. He hasn't drank since I was born. My mom she gets drunk like once a year, and then drunk dials my brothers at two in the morning. <laughs> but not you. How does that but make not you me. Feel? Uh, thankful. No, because I'm usually there. Like that's the word. But she'll call me for the <laughs> ride, and then she'll just. Uh, I remember the one she went. Uh, she was at a wedding, and uh, one of our cousins got married, and she, I picked her up. It was like one thirty, one o'clock in the morning, and she was like, "Take me to mom's house." So we went to my grandmother's apartment. She was hammered and she walked in, and my grandmother was like, "What are you doing?" And she's like, "I just want to say hi." And she was like, you're drunk, are you? She's like, damn right. I was like, oh my God, who is this woman? <laughs> but she's still, every um, St. Patrick's Day, the night before the parade, she's down at the Hibernians just drinking those cranberry vodkas and getting blasted. A traditional <laughs> Irish drink. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, just so like you, Finn you, McCool. You weren't invited to your cousin's wedding? Uh, No. <laughs> In fairness, if I was married, if I was in Carl's family and getting married, I wouldn't invite him to the wedding. Which is, <laughs> I, I've, I've completely, I've completely, you know, accepted that I'm the, I'm just, I'm, oh yeah, no, that's, that's Carl. I've accepted that. There is, oh, that's Ryan. He's this, oh, married this. Then there's Pat. Oh, he's the government guy. And then there's American oh, hero, Carl. war hero. Right. I'm fine <laughs> with just being Carl. <laughs> just that. And One day, I'm going to show all of you. And Carl. <laughs> 
Well, you know, you're Carl, you're about you're about to be in your thirties and you'll be embracing that like a lot. You're like considerably more. Like, oh that's Carl. Yeah, that's Carl. He's doing his own thing. <laughs> I already embraced it. I've been doing yeah. my own thing since I was didn't choose a career. Just like Andy's, are, Andy's a, jobs. always looked like he was in his thirties. That's right. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on from, from I'm gonna sign off guys I gotta go get some more work alright thanks for coming uh, on Frank bye Frank, Frank. see ya alright uh, so that's what Frank does he makes me cry and then leaves that sounds about right <laughs> um, so now that um, we're moving on to the next topic um, Jimbo you want to talk a little bit about supporting actors that try to make it as leading dudes mm-hmm. or, or dudettes of course there's a lot of those too like uh so so like there's a you know and i that what drove me to this is i actually just rewatched, uh or actually i might have it might have been my first time seeing it all the way through from beginning to end tank girl oh with laurie petty but laurie petty and laurie yeah laurie petty was my kind of like that that that's a, my prime example of someone who was like kind of the, the second in the second role in a lot of movies like in point break and in like league of their own but then Larry like petty would be your kink like i can see that she's she's super hot in tank girl wait was she the one in uh who did she play in uh what'd you say sir uh league of their own or point break point break who's she break. she's the like the, the, the girlfriend who's in the, like she's in free willy where i never saw yeah? free. is it I the same is it the same actress uh i never saw free willy so yeah um, I'm only familiar with the Michael Jackson theme. Uh, oh, you mean and, my and the, the, song. the director's cut in which my, the whale my wedding it. song? Uh, uh, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. She's in Free Willy. Yep. Oh, you're right. I remember her in that movie. I actually liked her in that movie. I um, yep. I remember having feelings I've never felt before watching that movie with her. You know what? No, you already told us that you already had the feelings that you never felt before. That's true. From dusk till dawn. No, it was. <laughs> Wait, what? From dusk till dawn. Yeah, that was the episode where we talked about. Yeah, Cheech Marin. I'm just... Yeah. In front of the strip club. Yeah, um, I don't forget anything. No, my what? my no, my actual feelings I've never felt before. No, it wasn't. I remember us talking about dusk till dawn. I don't remember that, but I remember talking about it with. Uh, shit, did I talk about it? Well, Juliet Lewis is a similar, like, it, 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 like a similar type. Yeah. I don't want to sidetrack. I'll let you, I'll let you continue. <laughs> sort of in the dead milkman sense, punk rock girl. Yeah, so you're, so you're trying to, so actors and actresses that should have been or could have been leads. Could have been leads, yeah. Could have taken their own, uh, to, could, have, could have taken their own movie or could have, like, gone to, like, like, so I have it, a weird, I have a weird one. Yeah. Have you ever seen Goon? Oh, with Sean William yes. Scott. I haven't watched it, but like Sean William Scott is my guy. Mm. He's so that. good because like I just think he's kind of good, and yeah, he got relegated yeah. to this like second fiddle, like mm-hmm. like you fucked my mom joke thing yeah. for years. Um, but when he's given a like a good role, he's like great in it. He was like, actually him and stuff. Yeah. Like in role models, he's like co-lead, I would yep. say, uh-huh. with um Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Yeah. And Bulletproof he certainly Funk. holds his own with Paul Rudd throughout that movie. Yeah, yeah. I think it was funny. I, I, I like Sean William Scott. I think he's a decent. And there's nothing I want more than that kiss pinball machine. 
I would, <laughs> I would murder my family for that. No one has a kiss pinball machine, do they? I don't. I can get. I'll, I'll find one for you. Just don't tell my family. Gooning? Um, you see, you saw Goon Two then? No. I heard Goon Two is not as good. I still liked it. Um, he was so Kevin. Uh, um, shit, uh, Mulrats. Um, Bacon, no Smith. Smith, thank you. <laughs> Kevin Smith uh, was writing a movie to have Sean William Scott as the lead. And then he, it was supposed to be the same thing with Goon. But then oh. Sean William Scott went with that movie instead. And then he just like never released the movie. I thought that was a weird, interesting thing. Because that came out after, what was that movie with him and Bruce Willis uh, and Tracy Morgan? Oh, hop out. Uh, out. out. Yeah. That yeah. was a great. Terrible, terrible. Movie. Oh, yeah. Well, which was originally supposed to be. It was, it was originally. Was it yeah, Cop a couple out? Of and the other guys, those came out around the same time. And it was because right. um, the, uh, the director of the other guys and Will Ferrell. Adam McKay, yeah. Adam McKay were doing a cop movie with Bruce Willis, but then Bruce Willis was like, no, I want Kevin Smith to direct it. And then, um, cause he was up for directing it too. And then Adam McKay and Will Ferrell were like, screw you. We're going to make our own cop movie. Uh, the other guys is definitely the better movie. So much better. Although Kevin Smith, if you watch his stage show, Kevin Smith telling story about what it was like directing Bruce Willis is a super funny story. Yeah. He's like, He's like, I realize this is my first time directing a bona fide movie star, and don't tell Ben <laughs> Affleck I said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was it when he was direct or when he was in um, when he was in the uh, the Die Hard movie where Kevin Smith? Yeah, Live uh, Free or Die Hard. Live Free or Die Hard. I love that movie. They wanted somebody else to play Kevin Smith's part, and then Kevin Smith was like, "But Bruce Willis was like, no, it's going to be Kevin Smith, mm-hmm. and this is what he's saying, and this is how he's doing it." And they were like, well, no, that's not how it goes. And he goes, who else did you have playing John McClane then? And they were like, huh. all right, so what do you want to do then? <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else have a input to Jim's concerns? Elizabeth. Oh, uh, well, the I other one I would go to, like, the, like I, I, I thought of Cuba Gooding Jr. also. Uh, like... Because that, that that dude, I mean, like, I don't know, he's got problems. He's got, but he's a sol- I think he's a solid actor. And I was kind of always kind of sad he never really like, I don't know, like, I don't know. He should have won the him. Oscar for Pearl Harbor. <laughs> for being the black guy in Pearl Harbor. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't. I'm not a fan of Jerry Maguire. Like, and I'm not. I'm not a fan of Cameron Crowe in general. He deserved that Oscar. Um. But like, I don't know, like he made some pretty terrible choices after that. <laughs> like, like, well, if you hey, ask my a, mom, what's a, what's a good movie is Men of Honor. Yeah. Men of, what about Men, Men of Honor? Honor? Yeah. I've never seen Men of Honor. It's, it's good. With yeah, him and Robert Nero. Uh, Cause I'm thinking of like all the, like, I think of like chill factor with uh, him and Skeet Ulrich. Uh, no, 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 nobody. See, like that's exactly so. what I'm like. I've got the DVD somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure but you do was, with that. He was great in the OJ um, miniseries. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He was awesome, like in that. Uh, and and he was good in American Gangster, also, like in the small role. 
Wasn't he in As Good As It Gets, too? Yes, he was in As Good As It Gets. With Skeet Ulrich. Man. And later they reteamed up for a real factor. <laughs> six Degrees of Skeet Ulrich. Yeah, Six Degrees of Skeet Ulrich. Well, that's the name of the episode. Um, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin I thought Bacon the name of the episode... <laughs> Was what? Oh, I, uh, I thought the name of the episode would be uh, You Ever Seen a Blind Man Run? <laughs> <laughs> that actually might be it. I wrote it down when you said it. I was like, I'm going to bring that yeah. up later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then someone's going to say, Oh, well, making fun of the disabled. Like, oh, no. My father is blind. Um, so you were going to say something, Elizabeth, before Jim mansplained to you about Cuba Gooding Jr.? That's okay. Um, I don't really know that I have anybody that I think got cheated from being a lead role, but um, I was just thinking, I've been thinking a lot about like this Saturday Night Live cast over the years, and mm-hmm. someone who I'm really sad didn't make it bigger was Sherry O'Terry. Yeah. I really loved Unreal. her, and I, I, she's done like a few things. Looks like she's doing a lot of voiceover work. Yeah. But like nothing where she is the main or even close to a main mm. character. It, she was awesome. She was such like a big every yeah. time she was something, she was just big character every time and stood out. Have you watched um Shrill? No. With oh, I've seen, I've seen a few episodes. Yeah. It's fantastic. No. But <laughs> she would be oh, great in AD Bryant's role in that too. Uh, she has that like kind of like dark smiley thing down where yeah. it's like yeah oh, that, I, I agree 100% actually I saw an episode I, I've been um, I for some reason I just never watched Curb Your Enthusiasm <laughs> so I've been like oh my god and my wife I, hates it I did the same thing and Liz is the same way about it it's such uh, a my good wife, show my wife just I just watched the episode where he, where he starts wearing the MAGA hat to, it's so to good. get people to leave him alone. Yeah. <laughs> it was hysterical. But he ba- that episode is basically a rehashing of a previous episode where he wears the heart monitors and fakes heart attacks to get out of getting beaten up by people. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's really, so but then there's also the yeah. She no, plays Sherry O'Terry plays like the criminally insane nanny. Oh, that's right. And she's unreal in it. That's right. She needs more work. Well, like I saw her, she turned up in Grown Ups too, and it's yeah. like it's like yeah. well, that's like the Adam it's not a good role, and it's her. not funny. Like it's not like she's given it her all, but it's just not a funny performance. It's because it's Do not, not say that Grown Ups or Grown Ups Two are not funny around my wife. Oh really? Because yes. Grown Ups Two is one of the unfunniest movies ever made and the old like it's it's possible that the only movie that's not as funny as Grown Ups 2 is Grown Ups 1. Which my one? nipples are in Grown Up 1. Are they really? I was I was there. I took the day off to go up to Waterwiz and they were filming. Oh, so yeah, uh, so your nipples are in a background shot. My like, nipples my nipples are uh, in the background and then the next shot I'm wearing a tank top cuz I was like where where Steve Buscemi got injured. <laughs> no, it was it was uh when they were all coming down the slide, and yeah. uh, the they were coming down the big slide, and they were checking out the girls, and then they were checking out the um what was it uh, McDonald's character when he's like shorts were written up like he was wearing a thong. Yeah. 
It's some guy just walked up and was like, hey, do you uh, guys want to be an extra? I was like, sure. Yeah, I'm in. What? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when uh, when he was shooting um, That's My Boy. Like, there was a kid, uh, like, when I was substituting, there was a kid who was, like, in the senior class that year who looked exactly like a young Adam Sandler. Really? And, like, they, and they were do, putting out the casting call for, like, someone to play, like, the young version of him. And, like, we, like me and other teachers kept, like, saying, te- like, trying to encourage him to audition, and he wouldn't do Don't it. do it. I, uh, I met Adam Sandler at Waterwiz, and, well, sort of, he was, like, eight feet away and I was opening a soda and as I looked up he was looking at me and I was just like I don't know what to do with this situation and just went do you want a soda (laughs) he was like he was just like (laughs) just like walked away I was like he was like (laughs) I was like okay did he do like and then he did the saxophone thing like do you happen to have a (laughs) (laughs) you guys can't see this but the visuals on this are fantastic Um, (laughs) Adam Sandler can do no wrong like in my wife's eyes because they're from really has she seen the cobbler they're from he's the pride of Manchester (laughs) New Hampshire well, yeah, I, like, like, okay, that, I get his wife. I mean, I mean, his mom still lives in like their same house. <laughs> from my, like, yeah, like I'm trying try to think from who, who's from like the place around, who's from around where I grew up, but like Mike Birbiglia. But yeah, he hasn't really done any wrong yet. <laughs> <laughs> but like Adam Taylor doesn't do wrong. He just makes bad movies. It's not like he's like, oh, a but like a lot of the a lot of his bad movies are his fault, though. <laughs> Yeah, but that doesn't make like that doesn't make him like a bad person. No. no. I think he's gotten to the point where he's made so much money and was such like a, a household name yeah. that he was just like, I think it's funny. And that's yeah. it. I know, like props to him, like he's got a yeah. nice Ponzi scheme going where like they will give him two hundred million dollars to make a movie. He'll like uh, the cowboy go one on, on vacation Netflix? somewhere. Like he'll, like <laughs> basically go on vacation somewhere with all his friends and his wife and like his kids and put them all in the movie and the movie makes $300 million. So it's a success. Like, and like, you know, rinse and repeat, like good on him for that. <laughs> what was, well, what was I, that? I'd be remiss if I did not defend Adam Sandler uh-huh. and point out that though in grownups, they go to Lake Amiskeg. Uh-huh. There is no Lake Anis- Amiskeg. It's mm-hmm. based on one of Basaki. Yeah. Okay. Just so, want to make it clear. Because Amiskeg is a part of Manchester, oh, yeah. not a lake in northern New Hampshire. Winnipesaukee was where uh, "What About Bob" was shot. That I thought he true. was. Uh, I thought he was from Mandrake Falls. Mister Deeds. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, also, okay. not a real town in New Hampshire, <laughs> and, and not a real. <laughs> we can just go through um, all the New Hampshire things that are in Adam Sandler movies <laughs> that don't really exist. But it's like it's like. It's like people asking you if you live in Quahog near Quahog. Oh my Island. god! It's yeah. the same thing where it's just like, oh, it's just that it must be right near there. I'm like, it's not a real thing. Right I would I, get. I understand their pain in this yeah, specific my, situation. 
Yeah. My mom's a tour guide, and whenever the buses would come through, she I would meet her and we'd go get lunch, but sometimes she'd introduce me to some of the people on the bus because she wants to show off, I guess, this one, me, because I'm the only one around. <laughs> um, I was going to say, because you're available. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there was one time there was this kid who's from Europe, and he asked me about Quahog, Rhode Island. And right. I was just like, ah, oh, he looks way too excited to be disappointed right now. So I was like, oh, you know, yeah, it's about a 30 minute drive, um, but I don't go there much. <laughs> I mean, How in fairness to lie? Family Guy, they do make a lot of legit references to Rhode Island stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, forgive it. So Elizabeth, you had a topic we wanted to jump into today. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know if you had been the inventor of something, what would you have wanted to invent? And I don't mean discover. I mean invent. invent. Like an already oh, so like a thing, the thing that it exists. has to be something. It's yeah, it's something that already exists, but you're like, gosh, and it could be from any time. It, and you were like, I really wish I would have invented that. The first one that came to my head, if I can go first, would be the bidet. Ooh. I don't know why, <laughs> why, but that was just the first. Well, I do. Well, I have always wanted one, and I was when I heard about, I was like, it was a pretty good idea. I think yeah, you can get I'm, them pretty cheap now. Like you can, they yeah. just like hook right. No, they're like twenty bucks. You just install it in your toilet, and I would have one. So, have but you I ever honestly, used one? No, but I've always wanted to, and oh, I think an that it's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they're doing okay with who invented the bidet, and uh, I wish that I did. Yeah. Remember the first time I went to a European hotel and they had a bidet? I thought it was a urinal. Because <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a urinal cross with a water fountain, like the porcelain yeah. ones. I went to I went to a party uh, on New Year's Eve. One of Liz's friends, um, and they had a bidet in the house, and I didn't use it, but I really wanted to, and I was too drunk, so I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna break something, so I'm not gonna do this." So you weren't too drunk, because if you were too drunk, you would have just done it. Maybe. Yeah, probably. Hmm. Um, I'm going to go with Velcro. Yeah, that's a good choice. Like, just a weird thing that is in everything that you don't think of, and you just print money. Yeah. Um, And it's helpful, I guess, with, like, stretchers and... The collars. It's, it's used for everything. Like, yeah. So it's helpful, and you'd be incredibly wealthy. Yeah. But reasonably wealthy. Mm-hmm. Adam Sandler. They'd be like Bez- Bezos rich. <laughs> sure. I'd buy the Firehouse Theater, and I'd just play videos of myself. Yeah. That would be. Rename it the Jared Pimentel. Fire, oh no, 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 no! I would, sh- I would keep all the same promotional information though, so people You'd thought they're going like to Joker Man font from Jack and Donna. So yeah, so they think they're going to the Fire Theater for an improv show, but it becomes like the scene in Back to the Future Two where you walk into Biff oh. Tannen's casino and uh, all you're doing is watching the history of Biff Tannen. 
Oh. <laughs> I want to be Biff Tannen in that <laughs> parallel this, universe. This makes so much sense. Yeah. Didn't he beat his wife? Oh, well, no, minus that. Okay. <laughs> you, so so you just like, you, you've got the power hunger, just not the abusive personality. Perfect. Correct. I just um, wanted to clarify that. That's all. I knew I you the, wouldn't be that. So it's I like have the hunger for power, but I also have the um, need to be looked at. All right. That's why the quarantine is so hard because nobody's looking at me except my wife, and she doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Would it help to know if I have you pinned on this uh, Zoom so all I see is you? <laughs> and you know, actually, it makes me feel better. I got Jared full screen, baby. <laughs> What about Full you, Jim? <laughs> yeah, that's all I want. That's I just want someone to walk into a theater and just like watch like a two-hour video of just like me existing. One time <laughs> when I, I think this is built in, it was like we. So I'm a very sloppy eater. That's why I'm wearing mostly black. Um, hmm. And one of my friends who's like going to film school was like, "Hey, can I just like take a like a video of you eating for like an hour?" <laughs> And I was like, fuck yeah. So we went to Wendy's and we sat at Wendy's and he just like watched me eat and make a fucking mess. And like the movie ended with me saying, Joe, I'm having a problem. And I'm just like covered in mustard. <laughs> I want to see this movie. Where is it's, it? God only knows at this point. I mean, this is, we're talking about like 1999. Are you messy in other areas of your life? Like uh, brushing your teeth. Oh no! I washing your hands. No, no I, not that you do. Don't brush your teeth. I mean, when do you brush your teeth? Are you messy? Like <laughs> oh. there's. <laughs> uh, especially now that I'm not shaving, it gets like stuck in my facial hair. Um, but I think that's normal, right, Carl? Yeah. So, let me tell you, it, it having a beard and being messy it changes you. I had ribs last night. And every time I have, I can't eat ribs or wings a lot because it just gets right it here. Gets stuck, yeah. And no matter how many times you wipe and wash, it just, at one point, you're like, what is, oh, that's part of the barbecue sauce. <laughs> so, Jared, what do you think it is that makes you such a messy eater? Like, I'm envisioning um, Kevin James when he's eating that hot dog and hitch, and he's just like, it's everywhere. I'm going to tell you. When it comes to fence posts, Hitch was not one of them for me. Um, I guess I saw it. Um, yeah, that's probably accurate. It's probably. I mean, you were with me on my birthday. I ate a hot dog. And I ended up all over myself. But like, why? Because I'm. I get distracted. Like I'm like half eating and half talking, or half eating and half playing words with friends. Like I'm never fully engrossed in what I'm like doing. I have like very poor focus. So, and I never grew out of the like wiping my hands on my pants. Oh, certainly. Yeah, me neither. So there's just <laughs> mustard. Well, my I brother, hot dogs. Yeah, I'm pretty sure my brother still wipes his. I mean, I do too, like face on the sleeve. And my mom would always yell at us about it. And I do it all the time. My brother would go, God invented sleeves for a reason. And just go, <laughs> and then my mom would go, ah. Did God invent sleeves? <laughs> Yeah, he invented everything. So Kara wants to invent the bidet. I want Ooh. Velcro. 
So like, oh yeah, well, like, I mean, because when like Jesus turned water into wine, and like you, you know, he 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 took his sleeve and like he wiped the glass each time. <laughs> right. Yeah, like the priest does. Huh? Like yeah, the priest does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what it came from. I've watched a lot of all the germs stuff. off. So yeah, exactly. We're good. I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of Jesus stuff this Easter. Interesting. With all the uh, like biblical epics. What What do you What do you wish you invented? Well, ever since I posed that question or thought about it, I've been racking my brain for like the perfect thing because I too want to be able to print money, but like I'd also love to live under the radar. So it's not something like I don't want to be like the Steve Jobs, you know. No, no, no. You like want to you want to invent something that like everyone uses, yeah. but no one gives a shit who made it. Yeah. Like so, I, I mean, wouldn't name it after myself. Maybe mm-hmm. right now, like if I had invented Clorox wipes or something. But then I also think about inventing makeup because it is purchased all the time. It mm-hmm. runs out, so you have to buy more. In small quantities. Uh, yeah. And there are a bunch of different levels of price, depending on, like, the company who makes it. And mm. if I had to go down to, like, a specific makeup product, it would probably be mascara. Hmm. Yeah. Pretty good. Interesting. You can tell that all three of us have lots of opinions on makeup. (laughs) Yeah. I think you're beautiful just the way you are is my go to. (laughs) I can tell when like Stephanie and I are going somewhere because she comes downstairs and she's makeup Stephanie. Mm. I'm like, oh, where are we going? The grocery store. <laughs> and then you put a mask on over it. Yeah. But <laughs> that's, the still... best, that's the best part about wearing masks is like all you really need to do is put a little mascara and maybe yeah, some brows. Yeah, that's it. No, that's all I do now. Nobody cares what's underneath. I don't even I barely bathe myself at this point. <laughs> um, so Elizabeth, like I was barely what? at that point before the the. the quarantine so elizabeth we're starting a brand new um section on this podcast because you had the instagram takeover today right i did so it was all about elizabeth Uh it still is i have it i have it tomorrow don't i i I thought it was chase oh maybe it's chase tomorrow I don't know what I have. Like when when is it? Twenty eighth or something. I forget which time. Oh, like that. I I, I barely. I don't use Instagram as it is. So this is gonna be. See all the exciting things I do. Like it's gonna be like my 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 day is gonna be such an old person day. It's today and here's here's a plant. (laughs) Here I am working at my table. Here I am walking the dog. I'm making a sandwich. Okay. I don't walk my dog, Jared. You know me well. You know me better than that. I would watch My dog goes outside and then comes in. If you ever want to get rid of Cerberus, I'll take him. Will you really? Yeah. I might take you up on that at some point. Okay. He's he's barking like a madman right now. I have a 70-pound coonhound. All she does is howl. Yeah, mm. nothing on that. Okay. Well, you love Let's go, me, Elizabeth. Um, so do we just want to roll through the questions? Yeah. They want to okay. learn a little... So what's this section called? This um, section is called Learn a Bit About Ooh. the Bits. 
and um, viewers of the Insta story could send in questions that they wanted to know. So the first question is, how long have you been in the Bit Players? I'll answer first. Um, I just celebrated my three-year show anniversary this week. Mm -hmm. So three years from my very first show on mm -hmm. April 14th. Nice. Um, I actually got into the Bit Players like right around New Year's of 2016 into 2017. Mm -hmm. And it took me a few months to get on stage. Nice. But it seems weird when I say like three years. It feels like it's been a lot longer in a good way. Yeah. Oh. Um, so how long have you been here, Carl? Um, I think just two. Two years. Um, two, yeah. Oh, wow. Two years. That's a, I think it was only two years. Yeah. I feel like it was longer. Um, I mean, just because, you know, I auditioned so many times, I feel like I've been part of you guys for so long. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I had my first show. Did I have my first show? Yeah, so about two and a half years. I had my first show two years ago in May, April. Mm -hmm. I have the date written down because I'm terrible at remembering things, but it's in my oh. notebook with a picture of me going. Yeah, don't word to the wise. Don't forget your anniversary. Um, in my calendar now, it says anniversary dickhole. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Jim, how long have you been with the bit players? 10 and a half years. There was November of, uh, of 2019. Um, when 2009 or 2009, <laughs> I was like, Whoa, I've been in 2009. <laughs> But anyway, and, and 1990 was 10 years ago, so uh, it was actually the first <laughs> Um And uh, uh, yeah, like the, the November of 2009 was when Frank texted me and said that the Maidens want us to come in and did the, the sort of reboot the bit players. Uh, actually, more accurately, they wanted him to come in and reboot the bit players, and he said, I want Jim with me. So that's when I joined. <laughs> Very cool. And I auditioned in April of 2009. Yeah. And then I got fired. And then I came back. And then I quit. And then I came back. And then you quit again. And then you came back. Yep. I'm, I'm going to so just go, say 11. Yeah. I'll go I've back been on the just... website for 11 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go back. I just saw, found my email from when I got accepted, which was mm. 20, November of 2017. Mm. Wow. So more than two years. Yeah. You and Connor and Izzy. Yeah. yeah. I, remember that. Izzy. I remember that run of auditions. It was very, like, uh, super cool. Light. All right. What else you got for us, Elizabeth? All right. So there's a total of three questions. So that was number one. Number two is, if you could get a drink with any SNL cast member, dead or living, Ooh. who would it be? Uh, man, like former, really obvious like one. former and current, right? Yeah. Yeah. I already got mine. If, or you go first, Elizabeth, and then I'll go. No, exactly I'm thinking. Gonna go with. Uh, Tim Robinson. <laughs> yeah. I'm, it's, I mean, I know there's so many in the past. I really do. Um, but like, I'm thinking right now who I could relate to more or who I could, I feel like I could have like a really good conversation with more who wouldn't be disappointed with my comedy more um, would be Tim Robinson. Yeah. 
I'd love to have a drink with that dude. I started watching the Detroiters. I was like, this is great. I really got to watch that. Yeah. It's so the only good. thing of his that I haven't. That's the only significant thing of his that I haven't watched yet. Yeah. Jim, who's yours? Gilda Radner. Oh, that's a good one. Mm. Damn. Fantastic. Like, just amazing performer all around. Left, left us too soon. Who about you, Elizabeth? Oh, I've been thinking about this all day, too. Is that um, also Sherry O'Terry? I love her so... <laughs> I just... I loved her so, so much. Um, but then, like, maybe if it were, like, Adam Sandler when he was on Saturday Night Live, like, yeah. go have a drink with that guy. Um, because I just think all of his characters were really lovable. And I, I just... I would... I used to record... Saturday Night Live, like mm. whenever a whenever like a segment would come on, I'd record it, and if I didn't like it, I'd rewind back and then go back to it. Um, mm. So I have a ton of him, and also Mike Myers. I think he would be fun to talk to. I want to hang out with Norm Macdonald. <laughs> oh, that's a good that is one. not surprising. Norm I just want to spend a day with Norm Macdonald. Oh my god! Because just what his Twitter so is the is my favorite Twitter follow number one. Um, See, I had to unfollow him on Twitter because he talks about sports too much. Like it's then, the, and, the equivalent yeah, that, of but, yeah. But now it's even better. There's no sports to talk about. Well, yeah, which is true. But like, I forgot. No, I found the equivalent him. of like you talking about wrestling. Like, uh, like I, I, I had to check out after. Like, it was too much, too many names I didn't recognize, and I'm like, you're getting way all bent out of shape about stuff. That doesn't I understand. Matter. There go. But like, I haven't talked but, about wrestling yet this podcast. I know, I know. I was the first to bring it up. It's weird. <laughs> so it came but out. like, I saw, I saw Norm live last year. He's just, he's just like he's hysteric. He's still hysterically funny. He's one of my favorite comedians. So. And like, probably the first person who's mo- po- like politically most like like opposite to me who I still find like really insightful and funny. Yeah, but he's Canadian, so he still has health insurance. That's true. Um, but no, he's a, no, he's a U.S. citizen now. I, it was a joke, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 know, I, I know, but he actually did get U.S. citizenship because he really liked like George W. Bush or something. <laughs> Fine. Um, he did Weekend Update for like a minute, didn't he? He was, was the funniest Weekend Update my, of all time. He's my favorite Weekend Update host. Yeah. He I, is the best weekend update host, like objectively. <laughs> and the worst is Dennis Miller. Moving on. Um, well, I don't know, what is our third question? Colin Quinn was pretty good. Yeah. Like, well, I didn't say he was. Colin Quinn was the worst. No, no, Dennis no. I Miller's know. Miller's the worst. I was. Just... I don't know. Like you, you know, you're like you're like look at the like the middle years with like Brad Hall. <laughs> I will take Brad Hall over um, Dennis Miller any day. So will Julia Louis Dreyfus, but it's a good joke. Uh, yeah, we have one more question. All right. Um, so, what celebrity would you like to come see our show? Ooh. Jay Leno. Done. Well, he's never seen. Oh no, our he's show. never seen our show. That's right. Oh. Huh. Hmm. That's a tough one. Um, yeah, you know what? I want um never mind, come back to me. 
<laughs> okay. I think I know who I would want. And I think it would be Chrissy Teigen. That was going to be mine! I because i think she would think we were funny um i think oh, also if she if she were to become part of our game i think she would not be offended and she would go with it and she's huge on social media so she'd help she, get the word out and she, she would get us on nbc's like are these people funny? Whatever that new show is with Keenan Thompson. Yeah. I don't know what the, the show that was supposed to be last comic standing, but they didn't want to pay Jay Moore for the last comic standing name. I forgot what it was called. What or, about you, Carl? Uh, celebrity that I would want to see the show. Uh, hmm. Yeah, that's was such a. There's so many celebrities that I would want to come see our show. Um, who would enjoy it too? Uh, you know I what? I mean, Bill Hader is the first person that came to my head, so I'm just gonna go with yeah. that. I think Bill Hader would get it. I feel yeah, like Hader he would. would I feel like he would get it and he would enjoy it. And I also feel like he would give like some positive feedback and some like constructive criticism. Hey, maybe next time you try. You know, I feel like. I feel like he'd be down. I feel like I wouldn't be mad if he was like, listen, man, that wasn't that good. I'd be like, oh, you're right, Bill. You know what you're doing. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> Jim? Michelle Obama. I knew it. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> it was going to be Michelle Obama or Hillary Clinton. <laughs> yeah. No. Michelle Obama. I don't, I, don't, like, I don't know if I'd be that excited about Hillary Clinton. Well, no, I'd totally be excited, but I don't know if that's like, I don't know if she's the one that I'd go with. I think. Yeah, I've got I've got a crush on Michelle Obama like I have ever since <laughs> she she got on the scene. So, and I think I think the Obamas would have a good time. Oh, they definitely have a good time. Yeah. Oh man, can you imagine doing Serenade, singing Happy uh, singing a Happy Birthday Serenade to Michelle Obama on her birthday, oh oh which is God. January seventeenth. <laughs> <laughs> we have the same birthday. That's why I know. Oh, okay. Uh, I was gonna say that is really. Oh yeah. Okay. I forgot. Yeah, because yeah. I don't know. Like I was thinking, like because I don't think I'd want any like, or I don't think I'd be that uh, super excited to have like, like comedians or like improv performers come to see our show because I feel like they'd be judging us. I can't think of any like I can't think of anybody who like who I know from like or who I get, became familiar with from like UCB like Upper Sisbury and stuff. Like who w- who wouldn't have already have like a like a prejudice in their head about short form? As much as I respect them, like they're probably like, oh, this is you know, here's some stupid shit. Like if Jane Lynch came, Jane? No, Jane. I don't know. Where did she? Where did she come up? Like I know she came up in like the Christopher Guest films and stuff. Oh, I know. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. I would like to invite Taylor Swift because she is like the most famous woman in the world, and she we yeah. could probably get her to come out. She's only a little yeah. like a half hour away. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't she, she sell that house? house? She lives in Westerly. So. She has a house in Westerly, right? Yeah. I thought she already. I thought she sold that house. I could be wrong, but I thought she moved. I mean, like I think she sold it. 
I... Kids don't come to see the show, Carl. <laughs> you know, Carl, I didn't shit on your fantasy. Shit on mine. I love yours. I love it so much, Jared. Please don't fire me. I love your fantasy. I want to be a part of your fantasy. I can't fire anyone, Carl. Um, <laughs> so this is the point in the show where we quit our bits and we talk about something that we can't get over, something that's stuck in our craw. Carl, what are you bitsing about? Oh, man, I was really hoping you wouldn't come to me first. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth, what are you bitsing about? <laughs> oh, God, I was really hoping you wouldn't come to me second. Jim? I went first last time. So do yeah, Jim went first last time. You know, I'll go first. I'll go yeah. first. Um, I am bitsing about sports radio. Turn it off. Yep. Shut down the stations. It's done for now. It needs well, to turn be turned. Turn it off in general. Well, no. So, like, now sports radio. So, I, I went for, I actually left my house on Friday. We drove a half hour away and then a half hour back. I listened to sports radio. Because um, I guess I had taken the cord out of my car so I could do the Apple Play in my car. And so, I was listening to sports radio the entire way. And I was like, they're just fantasy drafting. That's all that I was like, no, obviously like Randy Moss is the best Patriots receiver of all time. Come on, guys. It's not even close. And it's just like a bunch of dudes just like arguing about like things that you objectively cannot quantify. Like it's it's over. It's over. Like like turn it off. Sports radio should die until sports come back. Because right now, it's just nightmarish keep it dead until even after they come back the, the feeling about sports radio even like like it's, it's just like it, it feels like listening to a bunch of guys who have like peaked no in high school they, like they're, they're just hey some of us peaked in high school <laughs> i sure as hell didn't there's nothing wrong with peaking in high school <laughs> Thank uh, you, Jim. but uh <laughs> like it, it feels like it, same thing with like sports press conferences it feels like they're going like a bunch of people just like saying nothing for an hour. It's just like, we'll oh just yeah, argue. we tried the best. And we also, you know, we did the hustle and we did this thing. And we're... <laughs> you just, you can't do it when you don't have the, the topics not up. I do enjoy. Even when, they like, have, even when sports are going on, they don't have anything. Like, yeah. I mean, I, and that's, and that's to say, like, I really did enjoy, like I watched the Michael Jordan, uh, the first episodes of the, um, the 98 Bulls. Did they get to Space Jam yet? No. <laughs> um, we well, got yeah, kind of. Uh, and that's great. And like, like what ESPN is doing now, like replaying like classic games and stuff, that's really cool. Yeah. That's that. fine. But like just a bunch of like middle-aged men like arguing about things you can't quantifiably determine. It's like... Yeah. Arguing over things that aren't happening. Or, and yeah. It's... It's yeah. like, well, my dad could beat up your dad. <laughs> All right, so who would win in a fight, Kevin Garnett or Shaq? Like, who cares? Um, probably Shaq. Pro- probably no. Garnett. <laughs> Garnett would go for the Kevin, balls. Kevin Garnett, because he's got the, the he's got the gem. Yeah. All right, who's bits in next, Elizabeth? I have something. So, um, I am a lover of Bravo Television, Ooh, and no. thus far in this social distancing time, they have really done some epic television of throwback marathon series, 
like starting from the very beginning of some series um, that are now like 10, 11 years in. So it's been great. And then the other day I was watching and there was a commercial that they're going to have a day long marathon of Fast and the Furious. Who the hell is tuning into Bravo to watch Fast and, Fur- Fast and the Furious? <laughs> Nobody, like no one that watches Bravo wants to see any of those movies. I don't know, man. Like Dwayne Johnson and, and Jason Statham, like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm but, but then, and I'm Shaw. I don't know. That was a really bad route. Wait, that was... But, but then I mean, was it the other way around? Hobbs is British now? Like, yeah, it's, it's the other way around. <laughs> I would much rather just watch my marathon of season one Real Housewives of Orange County while I scroll through Dwayne Johnson's Instagram because he's shirtless there. <laughs> uh, Dwayne Johnson, before he was an actor, what was his job? He was a wrestler. He was in Be Cool, right? That was the first thing he was in. No, it was uh, Southside Diaries. Uh. Okay. So, cool. Yeah. It was, it was, Southside, it was Southside with you, because he played the Rock Obama. <laughs> that was great, too. What are you bitching about, Jim? Uh, I'm bitching about, like, um, yeah, the, 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 like, the press conference every night thing. Just stop. <laughs> like, I don't mean this as a political statement, although I do, but I don't like, yeah, like just like you're, you're the president. Just stop, like stop, stop going on TV for two hours every night. Like it, it's so, like it, like to put on, like to put on the TV, like at seven o'clock and he's there, like, he's just like there just saying stuff and then turn back like two hours later and he's still on like, you like, just cut it out. There. And like, and I feel like, I feel like if Obama were still the president, and like he were on TV for two hours every night, like I'd probably be saying the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's a political thing. I think that just like a two-hour press conference is too much. Yeah, especially when it's not like necessarily giving you new information about the crisis kind of thing. Yeah. All right, Carl, wrap us up. What are you bitching oh, about, buddy? You should not have chosen me last because I still like. I'm, I really don't complain about a lot of things, um, except... Well, what are you oh. obsessing about? What's, what's, like, stuck in your head? <laughs> um, oh, man. I'm so bad. I was, I mean, listen, man, I was trying to think about this Land shit all day, top, and I really, like, I can't... I don't complain anymore, because right? I'm just... I'm getting... I'm trying to be in a... I don't know. You know what? I'm getting mad at myself more than anything. Uh, sure. Okay, so Carl's bitching about himself. <laughs> procrastination. That's my biggest oh, okay. thing. I've been procrastinating well, sort of everything. And I keep telling myself all I need is, you know, two weeks, a month, two months in a house. I could write a book. I could write a script. I could write this and that. And now I have that and I'm fucking not doing any of it. I'm just like, eh, I'll start after this episode. Oh, I'll start after this episode. I just, yeah, that's it. I hear you. I, just, I think we're all kind of. I'm sick of that. me prescribing, prescribing, prescribing. But also, like the idea that <laughs> the, the idea that you have to like 
really like innovate something or like accomplish something huge while like you're in quarantine. That's also false. Like I feel yeah. like, dude, just like just lay back. <laughs> well, it's not even it's not even because I'm in quarantine. Like, and you know, I'd read these stupid things on Facebook and where they're like, uh, if you would be in a cabin or if you had to be in this cabin with no Wi-Fi for six months and they give you a million dollars. I was like, Psh, I'd write like 10 books. I can't write a page. Like I just right now. And like, and I've, I'm, I've, I've, I've still got papers to grade from before we closed. So like, and, <laughs> and like, I don't feel bad revealing that because my kids know. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I'm just yep, consistently procrastinating. Mm. All right. Well, keep your eyes open on our social media for uh, Jim and Frank's improv masterclass. Um, and if you want to know a bit about the bits, you, just, you have a question for us, just reach out. Mm-hmm. We'll be posting our social media every day, asking and reaching out for, uh, to get some feedback from you guys. Um, we're glad to keep doing this podcast for as long as we can. Yeah. Um, luckily, all of our sponsors are okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so this has been the bits per second bit players podcast i'm jared i'm jim i'm elizabeth and i'm carl thanks for listening this is the best